0: That kid is back on the escalator again. Leave it alone. What? Comics.
1: Who are you? I'm Batman. TV and movies. Wrestling. Oh, uh, no. Music. We
2: are
3: just...
4: A podcast about things you actually care about, hosted by a couple of guys who actually care about those things too. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Yeah, maybe a little too much. Yes, that's awesome. The talented one, Chris Machete. That no-talent ass clown became famous. And Brenton, you know, that guy from your other favorite podcast. I liked it. I was good at it. So grab onto the handrail and don't let go. I'm This is the Kids on the Escalator podcast Here's CM and BD
2: Good, all good Hey everybody, how's it going? There we are, we are live, my friends (gasps) Everybody, how we doing? Uh, We've uh, worked out the tech and here we are What's happening? I know well, we've got we, we've added somebody. We've added somebody. It is uh, it's the Sunday non-football edition of the Kids on the Escalator <laughs> podcast. For anybody uh, that uh, is out there in uh, you know that wants to nerd out with us for a little while, we are live on all these platforms like crazy. I am in a booth across the street from my house. That's Mike Pongrass. That's Chris Machetti. Hello. And uh, we uh, we got the birthday boy, Todd Curry. Yeah. Hey. Woo-hoo. Woo hoo! It may never get rid of
1: me. Now uh, I'm warning. okay with that. <laughs> Love the Van Halen warning there too. The actually. Van Halen and the Stormtroopers. Yes, that was that went together well. The fair warning and then the the guitar a, right behind you, man. With a uh, Hunter S.
0: Thompson style
1: <laughs> Las <laughs> nice. Vegas. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah that is an awesome is collection behind you there, buddy. We were it's just, we were just uh, discussing it before we went live here. With the you got the Gene Simmons axe back there. You got the Eddie Van Halen the Frankenstein. Uh, oh. Paul McCartney's here. I was going to say yeah. the Paul McCartney yeah. as well.
0: Johnny Ramone. That's a Johnny wow. Ramone. Wright um, right. It's not a real thing, but yeah, it's, it's an, an interesting state of development going on here. That's for
1: sure. That is, that's a beautiful collection, my friend. Totally oh, thank, the, you. thank you. The, Eddie, the, the Frankenstein of course caught my eye right away. Um, we talked about it last week or a couple weeks ago about Eddie passing sadly. And that just the image of that guitar is just, you know what I mean? Boom. He left well, so many cool, cool visuals.
0: And the fact that he just created the entire thing himself, everything from like pickups to the the entire you know, it was like he just put tape over his guitar, painted this color, then he taped it that way, painted it. He was like, it's just he was just on a completely other level. That guy, as a player and as a as a you know as a guitar
1: aficionado, right? Yeah, and legend has it that when you picked up that guitar and turned the volume knob on, the original one was like a bucking bronco, right? Like. <laughs> But he could contain it. That's, I was kind of uh, of uh, kidding him to Jimi Hendrix that way back before yeah. technology, when you just made it your own way and you could control it. Right? I think it was Ted Nugent, oh, maybe yeah. or somebody that said that he picked up the guitar pl- and he was just like, "I can't do anything with this." Right? But yeah, that's so, so that's cool. that's really cool. It's, it is such a great story for the guy. Yeah,
0: I was saying not to get too too long winded about it, but there's you know when you really think about Ed, um, when there was Les Pauls and hollow bodies and Strats and Telecasters, Ed came along. And you know, gutted a Strat-shaped body, put that humbucker in it, put a bar on it, and then every company in the world copied that thing for like 20, 25 years. Just like ah. Hamer, Kramer, uh, you know, Jackson, Charvel, it, it, to the point that it was killing companies like Gibson and, and Fender. Fender had to play ball. They could kind of easily kind of well put some double coils in our. And uh, <laughs> that that says a lot about the guy. Not only was he as a player changing the game, but the actual guitar he built. Defined what you should play now, you know, and it was like, it wasn't until Slash or guys like that, that the Les Paul kind of came
1: back. Mm-hmm. Oh, Slash's tone's great. Yeah, Eddie was like uh, a mad scientist and a musician. It's Just so amazing, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Totally yeah. agree. Cheers. Cheers to Eddie. Yeah. Cheers That's to Eddie, always.
2: And Todd, always. Ty, thanks for making the time on your birthday weekend, dude. Rad, my rad, place. rad. Awesome, my awesome, place. awesome. We are here oh to my. chat Mandalorian. When we posted uh, about yes. all the Mandalorian stuff this past week, Todd's like, oh, I love me some Mando. So (laughs) we're like, well, you got to come on the show and talk about it. Now, listen, Todd, you've missed the last couple of weeks. Uh, We've had a running kind of thing going where the guys predict something and it comes true. And both of them have been right. But I was really, I was right this weekend. I called for more. I I was called for more Boba Fett and I called for more dark troopers. And guess what? The whole episode. So I get one out of all of these episodes. I get one that the other guys will fight over the rest.
1: Because I thought Boba Fett wasn't going to be back until the end of the season. That's what I I said. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we yeah. both did,
1: Mike, right? So we lose yeah. that.
2: So we're back, and uh, we're we're breaking it down. And we just did an episode on Thursday, but this was such a killer episode that we wanted to kind of just bang it out and get get into it and, and dive in. So without further ado, we've got a couple of segments that we do, but Todd, we're going to, you know, you're the birthday boy, you're the guest. Go. <laughs> Give us your thoughts on this new episode. Uh, it's,
0: okay, well, let's put aside the next two hours here we go (laughs) that's what I always say
1: that is what I say every time they ask me to talk I'm like oh man like come on really it's
0: tough man because I gotta say you know I was talking about it yesterday when I finally saw my friends and they hadn't seen it so it drives you crazy I can't talk about this it's like the pinnacle episode of the entire two seasons as far as I'm concerned when you know as soon as uh, well I I don't want to spoil her too much but as soon as the reveal of, of him coming and, and then the reveal in the armor, you know, you're like, what? Like, it's like, it's says, I, I like once in a while when it comes to music and when it comes to things like this, that someone like Favreau got a letter from me when I was nine years old, Hey, in 30 years from now, or 40 years from now, or I guess it may, might be longer than that. Could you make these? Cause this would be great. We would really like to see that, you know? And, uh, and uh, this entire Mandalorian experience has just been this sort of um, you know, cause I think like a lot of, of, of the invested guys, I go through my periods of like standing at like, you know, on a soapbox complaining about whichever film I just seen like, this is nonsense. And your friends are all like, whatever, bro. But Mandalorian has just been one gift after another the entire time leading to this episode where I'm like, I mean, the last episode was nuts too, but it's getting the crossing over. Like you say with dark troopers and, and Boba Fett, and it's, it's bringing in the original trilogies and the games, Clone Wars, Rebel Wars, you know, it's all kind of being tied together. And I, I believe that guys like Filoni and Favreau are doing it right. You know, I mean, for, mm-hmm. uh, I was going to say the, for, for the first time, but not really for the first time, but it's kind of like having the right spirit and the right art for it that really makes it guys like us, I assume you guys on the same page, just mm-hmm. feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I sit down at that table. The meal gets served up. I'm like, this was a fantastic meal. Like, it's never that feeling of, like, well, that was okay. And, or having to choose aspects of whichever film I'm watching and going, well, well that was cool. But this was, you know, whack. And, no, I, I just, this most recent episode was
2: not to insane. mention. Well, not to mention, I touched on it last time with Ahsoka, like, the greatest re-entry. So she was introduced so amazing in the last episode, and I thought when when Boba drops down and then starts whooping ass, what a great reentry! entry like, I've got the gear, showtime. Loved it, loved it, loved it.
1: If, uh, he rocked the dad bod in there, too, right? I mean, rocked that's the that's dad. what I was going to talk about. <laughs> I,
4: I like the Favreau. It's, you know, he's pulling some of that Thor uh, from uh, Endgame, that, the, the whole dad thing and yeah you know, as soon as he puts on the mandalorian armor there's just that little bit of a punch it's like oh <laughs> all right
1: like it doesn't quite
4: come down enough he's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you knew it
1: was him right you knew it was him under the armor there 100 percent. yeah that would awesome. be like
4: my dad putting on like a sports jersey from when he was playing <laughs> soccer as a teen over top of his like uh you know his his bathrobe yeah. or something like mm-hmm. that so totally uh yeah.
2: Now, that, do you guys feel like, um, Mike, you had some concerns on the last one that we, you weren't too sure where this was going, and we were like, it's the yeah. shortest episode, so what are they going to do with 30 minutes, That holy, did they ever pack a lot into 30 minutes?
4: Well, they did, and uh, I mean, yeah, we talked about how there were so many different threads that were, were being tossed out there that they needed to start funneling back into sort of the main theme, and well, look who directed the episode.
0: I know. So
4: I mean, uh, Robert Rodriguez, like, holy crap! Uh, if you're going to do an action film or an yeah. action episode in 30 minutes, and, and get all that in, it was it was phenomenal. And yeah, they they tied so many things together. Uh, the Boba Fett reveal uh, at, at the at the end of uh, Episode One was was pretty good. The way they sort of Teased and drew it out until finally you see him look into the razor crest, see the armor, and then, like you said, Bren, he he sort of lands in. They even dug in deep with some of his his actual armor, like the knee missiles, which yeah. you know mm. it was again these little details that they've started to uh, you know throughout the whole season, but they've they've added and they've gone back into that expanded universe in the canon. Uh, yeah, that thirty minutes flew by with so many things. Uh, sort of and wrapped into that thirty minutes. That man, yeah, we we, we questioned it last week, thinking thirty minutes. It's going to be a side quest. Mando's going exactly, you know, yeah.
2: to Well, gonna he still nothing. he still went on a mission, so we were exactly. right about that as well. Chris, what do you think?
1: Uh, well, it was great. It was uh, the one thing I want to point out. Is that I see, see? I go online and I listen to what all, a lot of people talk about. I'm a lifer for Star Wars, right? Like, yeah. Discovered it when I discovered Kiss and Spider Man back when I was six years old, and it always stayed with me. Um, so, one thing I'm noticing is that um, a lot of people are, are are concerned about the force choke that uh, that Grogu's doing. It, like, it's a dark side thing? Yeah, but Luke did it at the beginning of Return of the Jedi to one of the Gamorian guards right off exactly. the beginning there. He had it too, right? So, I don't think it's so much uh, a, a, maybe the lightning more. That was because remember when Ray did that. That's more of a sign of a, of a Sith thing. But the, the concern about right. the forest choke is 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 no concern, my friends. Don't worry about that. That uh, was a couple, fun scene, though. That was oh, a fun when he was throwing with him, just when he was throwing was the stormtroopers awesome. around. <laughs> oh, that was great. That that was so cool. <laughs> like he's so. When you get a, can you imagine him in Mandalorian armor? If he's. Little dude heading around with Mando. <laughs> so what? What they, What they need to do next is just have Jedi Academy. You got baby Wookies. You got baby Greedos in there, and and you, <laughs> you put all the little ones in there and you see which ones fly, right? Because but I would lo- I would love to see this continue on and have him stay with Mando. Myself, I'm re- I'm seeing some people online saying that well, one of them has to die. It's like no, they don't. They're not going to kill them off. Are you kidding me? Ridiculous. What other thing I wanted? So um, whoop, the other side of my page here? Sorry, one sec. Um, oh And then Moff Gideon, like, is he going to, is he going to take the powers of uh, Grogu for himself? Or is he going to put that in a super trooper? That's something I'm really looking forward to finding We're like, le- This is like a, a, this left so many questions, right? We're obviously heading for a big, everybody's going for that dark saber from yeah. the, uh, from the Mandalorians. Right. So we're going to hit, now we got Boba Fett uh, hanging in there with him, and, and and his allegiance is in there and we're going to have the man. Mandal- it's going to be a big war. It's going to be a great, big war coming up, but I thought this episode was great. Um, Again, I, I just love the layers to these characters and I can't help but go back and compare them to the new trilogies from Disney. You know what I mean? I know Mike, we were discussing that it was kind of quick for them, but they, I I rewatched them and I really enjoyed the story actually in the newer ones, but I just found that the secondary characters didn't have the layers. You know what I mean? Um, and they did have, they did have three movies to bring it to, to kind of make the layers. Ray was pretty cool. I liked Ray. Um, but the layers to the characters in The Mandalorian, I don't know if it's the way it's written or presented, but they're grabbing these characters from back in a children's cartoon and making yeah. them. It, right and you care about these characters you want to see more about them personally I think and just to throw one other thing about the, the newest Disney movies personally I think they came in at the wrong time I would have liked to see them back up a bit and do Luke's uh, Jedi Academy I know he was a little maybe too old for that or whatever but I thought they came in at the wrong time in that that's just after re-watching them right but again Mandalorian layers for the characters you care about them all which is amazing that's hard to do and just the graphics are great the, uh, you know Boba Fett Redemption I think right. the theme for everything that these guys are doing is redemption. Okay.
2: Hey, Todd, Very Todd, awesome. is there, has there been a moment? We've touched on a few things here. Has there been a moment through the series up at this point? We've all kind of had our moments like, holy, like they've done this. I wanna, we'll come back to the episode for one, in one second. But through the whole process, what's been the coolest thing about this series, either one or two for you watching it, you know, and then culminating with this episode? But, I mean, is it hitting all the points for you? or is it- I, think it's hitting,
0: I think it's almost hitting points that I didn't realize – I needed in terms of like (laughs) the samurai shit uh, stuff, sorry. And, and, and the Western vibe. And then the use of like, of just amazing, like as, as a fan of, of just the genre and a fan of just great pop culture, seeing Timothy Oliphant or Earl Brown or, uh, and then just like Rodriguez and the, the the, the the kiwi guy i always can't get his name right from uh the oh tai t- t- Yeah, tai T. white taiki t- 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 yeah yeah he's amazing t- yeah Talk- and t- it just taikiytt t- 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 that's it that's the one and then <laughs> <laughs> and then favro and then i think feloni is you know in so many ways is really actually the guy behind it all kind of he's the guy who sort of represents all of our sort of like you know what we should do this would be cool and that and having that kind of knowledge of it um mm-hmm. i don't know if there's any sort of key moments but i mean there's key moments the entire it would be really impossible for me to look back and go, "Well, it was this." Uh, even the even using um, Pedro Pascal, uh, from, like from Narcos, I was like, "That guy, I love that guy." In G- Giancarlo uh, Esposito, wow. like any of these actors, every time I see them, I go, "Oh my god!" Like, are they just like looking through my dream list of who they should yeah. have in these damn things? Because I'm like, know, they're nailing right? it. Not, to, this, men- Timothy- not, not to, so to mention, not to Timothy Giancarlo. Oliphant walks in with his mask on, and I go, "That's Timothy Oliphant." Before he even took it off, I go.
2: Not go to ahead, mention, cool. not to mention Giancarlo might go down. I mean, he's in competition of having the two greatest TV characters of all time.
1: Absolutely.
2: Uh, you yes. know, after, after Gus from Breaking Bad too. So, yeah. I mean, this is two for two Yo, for him. amazing. Plus right? he's been, yeah, it's been awesome.
1: One other thing I've got to mention though, Todd, I think that Dank Ferrick is Mandalorian for damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I do with wow, it what you I will, my that, yeah. friend, do with it what you will, but Dank Farrick, yeah. that's got to be damn it. And it's got to be Dank spelled D D A M M I T. Damn it! I like it. That's uh, you know what? That's I'm gonna steal that. Todd Dank, Farrakhan, Kearns. There you go. There you go. I like it. It works for Um, me. It's gotta be right. I, I, we gotta sorry. We gotta look that up. And so I'm gonna look that up after the podcast. But. I don't know if that's online yet, but I should enter that in Wikipedia. We're I stealing it. You should. Go you ahead, should. Mike. Wikipedia.
4: I, I was just going to say, I, would, I mean, Filoni definitely seems to be the 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 big brains behind this. But I think what Favreau's bringing to this, and you're kind of seeing it with, with the amount of characters that they're bringing in and giving them all meaty positions in the universe, I think that comes from the whole Avengers time too. Like he, yeah. was, he was part of this gigantic, uh, you know, a series of films where you had all these characters with all these different backstories and, and trying to give them enough of a um, a presence so that the audience cares for it. And we're seeing that sort of in a condensed version. And I think that's also where he's, you know, where he's bringing his, his expertise in combined with Feloni's, you know, masterful strokes from the, uh, from the clone wars and, 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 and that like, so. And just being and a fan, right? Like, Filoni,
1: isn't yeah. Filoni's like us, as I always like to say. 100%. It's just, just a dude who grew up watching it, loves it. And I think he's George Lucas's young Padawan, you know what I mean? Like I, I think well, so. I truly and do. I think
4: he's also probably just sitting there every night just waiting for Disney to call him on some of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, right? it's just that waiting, like, let's see how much we can push. Let's see how far mm. we can sort of bring in the stuff that the fans were hoping for, that Disney was kind of poo-poo. And yeah. it's it's a license to print money. Obi-Wan is going into production. Uh, the wow, casting so, Andor so series is going to production. Uh, wow. You've got all these potentials with uh, Asaka... Uh, uh, Asaka ta- No, what is it? Asaka Tani? Sakatano and uh, the whole Thrawn, you've got that potential. Oh, wow. You've got Boba Fett who could potentially have an offshoot series of his own. So, again, it, this goes to the whole Disney it's gonna be
2: It's going to be old Boba Fett, though, with the kids. And he's, he's an angry uncle that's kind of <laughs> cutting, cutting, cutting his grass. He's over I it. Deal,
4: <laughs> I do, I do want to say I think that Boba because we talked about there has to be a death. I almost, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking that Boba Fett is going to be that he's going to get oh, his wow. Han Solo death.
1: Um, wow. um, I think so. Huh? I, I, Jeff, I've heard that online. I, I I just think that it's such a, a cash a cash cow that Disney's not going to kill him off. You know what I mean? I just
2: well, I was, no one's I'm, ever really killed off at of this thing. No one's ever well, really now killed that off. the Razor exactly. Crest now that That's the Razor true.
4: Crest has been blown to bits. Mm -hmm. uh you've got the slave one how poetic would it be that you know boba's dying wish is that uh, you know he takes the slave one as as his own you know do
1: they dare and do they here's another thing too i always wondered do they dare give filoni luke skywalker as a character to use do they dare give him the right to kill off boba fett like give it like you imagine that you you get your text one okay so we want you to kill off boba fett in this season Right. Wow, like I would blown, you know what I mean? Like holy cow. That'd be like somebody you, you contacted me ask me. I could imagine somebody asking me to write something like that. Like, you know, okay, you got you got to kill off Aunt May and do it do it right. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> like, holy cow. I God! You know, don't involve Mephisto, just do it right. Holy cow. So but you have <laughs> got Boba wild. Fett now. His arc, I mean,
4: if you take the whole long Star Wars arc of Boba Fett, yeah. uh he's got his armor back.
1: That's and- a good point. You've actually so made now, a better point than the people online I've been watching, Mike. That you know,
2: I, I hate to I hate to bring the party down. Boys, this is why we pay for the big talent. There you go. This is why we get the guys on <laughs> now. Todd, we've had a series. We'd have had a, a section on this going. Uh, we have got a, two different sections that we do. Uh, we got Lonnie, our producer, in the uh, booth back there, right beside Chris. Uh, we are going to throw to. Uh, this is the way. So Lonnie's got some uh, themey, uh, like a little thing. We'll go, oh, okay. yeah, so we're going to go, this is the way, it's a, it's a, little, yeah, it in- it's a little inside, that Chris uh, will drop on you some Star Wars knowledge, everyone can weigh in on where he's going, Chris, take it away.
1: Cool, okay, so I'm, I'm just going to pull this right out of a conversation between a Jedi and uh, a Mandalorian, okay, so this is about the Darksaber. Again, I'm going to try and talk slow, because I get so excited about this stuff, and man... <laughs> I would I love, love to I so I so of course for Christmas I, I've asked for a dark saber. I gotta get a dark saber I've got the uh the Darth Vader replica. Oh nice right up there. It right? makes the noises. Oh. I it's beat I was whacking it off stuff. It's really cool. <laughs> I, I want the dark saber for Christmas this year. I always asked already asked the wife for it. We're we got to
2: break this down slow because Dean's watching, and we got to break it down for okay, him. Okay, Dean, so this we, is uh, the dark uh, saber.
1: So here's the deal with the whole dark saber. And this is a conversation between two Star Wars characters, as I mentioned, the Jedi and and, and Mandalorian. Okay, so I didn't know Mandalorians developed a type of lightsaber. We didn't. This was one of a kind. Legend tells that it was created over a thousand years ago by Tar Vizla the first Mandalorian ever inducted into the Jedi Order. After his passing, the Jedi kept the saber in their temple. That was until members of the House of Visla snuck in and liberated it. They used the saber to unify the people and strike down those who would oppose them. At one time, they ruled all of Mandalore wielding this blade. This saber is an important symbol to that house and respected by all the other clans. OK, so that's how important that saber is to if you, if you go back to when when the Mandalorians were looking, were helping Mando and, and looking for that saber. That's how important that saber is. And that is like to their planet. So yeah. there's some dark. So there's some dark saber uh, knowledge I dropped on y'all. Yo. I liked.
4: Uh, I I did like the little uh, comment uh, that Moff Gideon had when he's showing Grogu the the saber. He's like, ah ah ah, ah you know, you know, you could put somebody's eye out with it, you know? <laughs> uh, which I th- I thought it was cute. And and you know, you do think, you think back, that was a do you think that was a
0: Christmas story reference? You're gonna take oh. No! <laughs> Wow! Okay, Peter Billingsley. Peter Billingsley. Mind blown. (laughs) That's good. That's. I only thought of it because it's Christmas time.
2: Also, the Dark Troopers were a minor tribute to Iron Man. Do we think? Oh, dude! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Great, great. Yeah, buddy.
1: So so, uh, wait a minute. Let's let's go over that theory. That uh, what was that again? So the Christmas story. That was. Where did you think he said that? Like the reference? Because
4: because he says, you be careful. You know, you put your eye out with this." Take someone's eye out. But a lot of people online eye. are saying, yeah. "No, like, I get that it. That was think, great." I a lot wondered. of
0: people are saying that they think that's going to be in reference to, I don't know, uh, Moff Gideon getting his eye poked out by that sword, uh, by Ooh. that. By I, I, I like know, the Christmas out. story reference. And but, I, I think yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. what I said too. And the funny thing is that is that Peter Billingsley and John Favreau are like bros, like they yes, they're right. production partners and they're, together. So and I they worked like,
4: together on. He's Iron he's an elf.
0: Yeah, he's in. He's in one. He's in Iron Man one. in the Marvel Universe as that yeah.
1: scientist dude or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Scientist number four. Or exactly. That's awesome. That's a great point. I like that. I still uh, want to see uh, like I love the little uh the little
4: uh handcuffs they had for growing. Oh I know I like, know yeah. where, where, where yeah. And uh I was, Y'all was. speaking speaking, <laughs> you know, of of watching videos where they pointed out these little Easter eggs and stuff, uh somebody had pointed out that they had some sort of a a uh, a laser field to keep him from using the force, similar to when Obi-Wan, I think it was in attack of the clones when he's uh being held in that sort of right. tube by Count Dooku yep. and he's got the shackles on where he can't use the force. So right. uh yeah, just again the little the little details that uh that Filoni and Favreau are pulling out uh
2: two things just, from uh, the episode. two things from the episode that were kind of funny. When he hit the when he hit the ship and it hit the other ship and he's like, Oh, I meant to I know to. Uh, you yeah. notice that they didn't put any stormtroopers falling out of it, screaming. Just a little point. <laughs> yeah. They should have been. A, and didn't he? And there's another point about him leaving the jetpack down. They had to run all the way back up to Grogu, but he left the jetpack. Yeah. He could have just, anyways. There's that. That's right. Where do we think this is going? Uh, because we got two more segments to do, and then um, and then we're gonna show a two video. To a melee, we're gonna we're gonna show we're gonna show a, a two video for you, cool. and then we're gonna get into some Van Halen chat. But we're gonna I go in uh, some Kiss stuff. But what we want to do right now is we're gonna go where we think it's going next. Mikey, we'll start with you, buddy.
4: Okay. So next episode, Rick. I always say his name wrong. Rick Famuiwa is directing. And he oh, directed wow. he directed episode two, the child, and also the prisoner, which uh, this episode they referenced Bill Burr's character again, yeah, I saw that uh, yeah, I as saw being that as well. the one that uh, they they need him to find Moff Gideon's uh, ship. So uh, interesting that Rick's coming back to direct that. So I think we're going to see this side quest, maybe a prison break because, you know, Cara Dune has, has gone all, she's, she's gone all straight and narrow since she got a little uh, rebel chip. Um, So uh, again, possibly another prison break, one of those uneasy alliances Uh, I'm thinking betrayal because anytime star Wars has something like this uh, you've got, you know, the Lando Calrissian and I forget who the guy was in last Jedi sort of, there's always that the pre uh, like, the penultimate uh, uh, backstab and then we'll have the big resolve in the season finale. So uh, next episode, I I'm I'm thinking we're going to see a bit of a side quest and then the big Avengers type showdown where we'll see Bo-Katan and we'll see, you know, Ah Ahsoka and, you know, everybody coming back for one big battle and then the fate of the child uh, will sort of,
2: we always get, we always get a quest. That part, it's uh, the 18, the 18 the the model has been set. There's an A T. model. All right. Todd, uh, where do you think this is going?
0: I think I'm with Mike in a lot of it. I, I you know, there's a great deal of uh, dot, dot, dot about the Jedi that uh, I assume Grogu was somehow con- converging with or whatever was going on there. So you're kind of like, what's this, who's this going to be? And, that always makes me a little nervous as to who they're going to pull out of the, you know, the cannon and, and hopefully it's somebody interesting. Uh, but I think, yeah, you're right. I mean, the fact that Bill Burr is, is in, in star Wars is, is again, so <laughs> That's rad. Amazing. Like, like, amazing. one of the, one of the best comedians in the world right now. And I just think the fact that he's like, I would, I got to, you know, if I ever meet the guy, it's going to be like, come on, like seriously, like you get to be in star Wars. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I think the next one is all about that. I think it'll be all about um, the prison break, and I guess trying, and probably in some sort of B story about what's going on with Grogu up there with, with Gideon, so I, I don't, I assume that whether it's just breaking Bill out and then going out and, and, and trying to save the, the child, I still can't get used to Grogu, I'm sorry, since always going to be Baby Yoda to me, but, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I assume the next episode would just be all about that.
1: Chris, where are you going, buddy? Oh, just you know, I've been so awful with my predictions lately. I, I if Luke Skywalker shows up at the end, man, I'm just that's it for me. I'm 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 done because I because I totally called that. There's no way that Luke's going to show up. But um, I just battles. I, it's hard. I don't know, man. Everybody's coming back. We're head like Mike says. We're heading for the big, uh, you know, the, the infinity gauntlet. Yeah. yeah, the end game, the yeah. infinity gauntlet war. Everybody's they're going to bring in everybody they can for the big uh, Coupe de gras, and then they'll probably. You know, I'm thinking they're probably going to start aiming towards these uh shoot off shows that they're going to do um it'd be interesting mike we'll see if they're going to give boba fett his old his own show or we'll see if they're going to just you know say that's it for you it'd be kind of cool if they teamed up <laughs> um it'd be kind of cool if they, ke- they teamed up mando and boba fett and they went out and did you know it's like uh what was that old show with the one guy that was cl- that kept it clean and the other guy that uh messed everything up it will be like like a lethal, lethal weapon the odd couple thing, yeah. like the or odd couple, couple yeah. you know what I mean because yeah, exactly, like, yeah. you got the classic guy and you got the younger guy and the one won't take his helmet off the other one will and have you... or you could be like you know Boba Fett, like, I'm getting too old for this shit you know, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. right. So, you know, hilarity ensues. Like I, you know, I'm looking at my gut. Stop, well, I'm said, working on it. I'm that's working it on is. it. You, that's get, like, it this, you get the new bromance thing coming out there, and yeah. then you got Sokotano going off on her old thing with Thrawn and bringing Ezra and everything from the the bringing the Clone Wars and the Rebels to a head. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of answers of where the other shows are going to go. That's what I'm going to say. All
2: right, I'm going. I'm listen. I, I I don't know how many episodes are left. We think two, maybe. Two. Two There's two, so so if, it's, if, it's, season, yeah. if it's pretty typical writing, everything's going to happen in the next episode. That'll set up the last episode, which cleans up some stuff. But all your, if you look back at The Sopranos, you look at anything that's second last episode, people got whacked. Everything set up the final episode to get into the next thing. So I don't think we're going to get a reveal who, who, actually an- who actually answered Baby Yoda's force call oh, until the okay. very final scene of the last episode. Sure. I know we're talking about the next episode, but I I think that that to to the points there's going to be a battle. It's going to set something up. It's I'm throwing it out there that it's going to be Luke or Mace Windu. I was going to say. That'd be how,
4: how great would be like a force ghost of Mace Windu? Because, like, you know, the, the is,
2: thing right? is, is that like... Actual Mace Windu. There's, that's what I'm saying. Actual Mace Windu, because here's the thing. The movie business is down. Sam Jackson's doing nothing. He needs a gig. So... And he's awesome. You know, and he, but he needs... He's in everything. And when there's no movie business, he can't be in anything. So let's put him in this. Right. Yeah, so but I'm it's going.
4: Disney. It's Disney. How many motherfuckers can he drop <laughs>
1: in?
2: <laughs> I love so that. we'll see... Like, well, so well, imagine I'm
4: the, just,
1: imagine uh, if they uh, live it for a cliffhanger. It's like they're the Jedi's about to show off, and it's like dun dun, dun dun dun, and it's over. It's like, oh, what the hell, man! That would get a lot of viewers for the next episode or the next. And season. I
2: will <laughs> rain down upon thee with. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Lonnie, it is time. We're going to bring a special guest in here because it is time for that's my Wookie, oh, which is, is our oh. uh, which is our game show segment of the show, yeah. and uh, I'm going to uh, just going to go to the waiting room for a. Second. Second, we've got uh, we've got uh, Darth Vader rejoining us in a second here. Cool. Uh, we'll I'm still see.
4: trying to recover from last week's Darth Vader uh, appearance because you
0: know. Force choked, my friend. I got force choked. Oh damn! You could do that over the
2: internet. Yeah, yeah, oh, I, I, s-
1: I, I feel see. bad because I was
2: kind of <laughs> taunting him with the you know. Alex, t- uh, Alex, we see you, buddy. But Alex, we see you, buddy. But you got to turn your video on, my man. You got to turn your video you, on.
4: You Wait, I, need to the, I need to use the force to turn on
0: the video. All this internet stuff, That's it's cool. a social, it's like, it's a million ways to die. You got to press <laughs> the button and the camera and the thing. It's you know. yep.
2: Yep. Uh, buddy, you got to turn your video on. You got to touch the screen on the bottom and there yeah, it is. Go. Holy oh, cow. Goodness. Wow. Oh, it's, a, it's a double oh. whammy. It's a double whammy. Okay. Yeah, put, you
1: put that mask on. That was good.
2: Double dark, dark side. He's got, so, he's got something to say. What are you saying? All right, here we go. <laughs> Damn. That's right. my bookie. It is
1: time. Hey, I'll tell you what. I got four questions here about Boba Fett. Oh, okay. Okay. So all four of y'all could play. Wow. You just Okay. And we'll just, so it could be an easy question. Could be a little tricky, okay. but these aren't, these aren't too bad. These aren't too bad. So these are all questions about Boba Fett. Um, we got A, B, C, and D. So who wants to start? Let the birthday boy go first. All right, Todd. Uh, sure, a, yeah.
0: a, B, C, or D. Sacrificial lamb here.
1: <laughs> um C. All right. Now you get to pick between two of them here. Who okay. said always a pleasure to meet a Jedi? Was that Boba Fett or was that Django Fett? Oh wow,
0: dude. Is that a trick question because they're a clone of the same person? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, played, well, played. Uh, well, that's not true, actually, because Django would be the original. I, I, always a pleasure to me. I think it was Django.
1: You got it! Ding, 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 ding.
0: And that was in uh,
1: Attack, of or, yeah, Attack of the Clones.
4: Interesting. to note that um, some of Boba's lines in this episode, uh, the one which yeah. which sort of referenced Django's uh, introduction to Obi oh Wan God. from Attack of the Clones, and also the uh, "like my father before me."
1: Uh, yeah. Luke, Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. man. So, so a, little, a
4: little bit of that sort of uh, hearkening back to the original trilogy and, and yeah. the previous, So Mike, so, or, cool.
1: you want I'll take a
4: a, or D? I'll take I'll take A. Mm. Who
1: killed Boba Fett's dad? Ah, that would be Mace Windu. Ding, ding, ding. These aren't off too bad. With his These head. aren't too bad, right? That's aren't too with bad. And you know the thing about that is that everybody's like, "Why didn't Why didn't Django move? How come he just cut his head off?" Well, when he was fighting that that big beast there, it damaged his 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 blaster or his jetpack. And if you right. watch the movie again, which I just did, um, <laughs> you'll see he tries to jet out of the way, but it sputters, and then Mace just cuts his head off. Right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So we've got uh, Alex. You want to go next? Do you want? Uh, do you want B or do you want D? B. What group? Is, oh, yeah, it's a little bit of a tough one, buddy. What group is huh. Boba Fett affiliated with? Oh, man. Yeah, that's oh. probably the toughest one out of the group or other than the last one. You guys got the two easy ones. Actually.
2: I'm going with Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> that's acceptable.
1: Kiss Army. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alex, you have any idea, buddy? Uh, I don't know. Give him the other. Give him, him, give him the easy one. Well, yeah, I gave you guys the easy ones. I was saying the easy ones are already pulled out. So uh-huh. he, he's, he's a bounty hunter. He's part of the bounty hunters guild.
2: There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's All right. cool. He can take. Now, my that
1: next... was a tough. That's what I'm saying. That was a tough one. But this is a tough one too, kind of, especially for Alex because it's a little out of his zone here. I'll have a. I can. I can give him a Clone Wars question after these, though. Sure. So, so okay. So Brent, you got the last one. What? Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> All of the above. Uh, what okay. is Kiss? You're, you're yeah. gonna blame Kiss for this one, then. Okay. Why was the original Boba Fett toy taken off the market? Oh, Todd
2: for the. <laughs> Todd for the seal, I heard, uh, oh, there was a, Wasn't there? And it a, wasn't a, because of Kiss.
1: Gene Simmons no, had nothing to it wasn't, do with there this. Wasn't
2: then. there a malfunction with something in the toy that could injure kids?
1: It Wasn't really a malfunction, but there was. But there was a, it, it was on purpose.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like I
3: went this one. It was built to injure kids.
1: One? Whoa, it's older oh, than that goes. one, buddy. Oh, they nice.
0: just—that's a cool one, though. Do you remember the original one being given away on the back of cereal boxes and stuff? Yes,
1: <laughs> I actually was. I one of
4: those. Was, uh, was I? Was, uh, was I close? Yeah,
1: very, yeah, yeah. It was a choking the, hazard. It launched. It popped so, out, and kids were choking came on. it. out of it. his jetpack. Yeah, I'll take it. They were, they were imitating it. the Sarlacc pit and shooting it into their mouth. I guess I don't know what was going yeah. on there. Or knock,
2: or knocking their brother's eye out. See, there you go. Wayne, come here, buddy. So, I think we all, we all got a point. Alex, for one more point here, to, and then we'll wrap it up before we uh, move on to some van Halen oh, talk We got
1: to ah. be right back up. Oh, okay. What's that? We're all gone for a second here. Oh. Oh. Are we back? We're back. And no, we're back. And we're back. Are we back?
2: Tech, 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 tech. <laughs> hey, we're back. Okay. All right. And we're back. <laughs> All right, Alex. Last one, okay. Alex, and then we're going to wrap Alex? it.
1: At the end of uh, uh, who was the major imperial villain at the end of Rebels and Clone Wars?
0: At the end of Rebels?
1: Yes some uh,
0: Grand Admiral fawn
1: Yay! Thrawn. There you wow. go, buddy. Grand Admiral Thrawn, you got it. Good job. Awesome. That's where we're heading with everything with the Mandalorian. And nice work, the Mandalorian Alex. You get a up. point. Yeah. Now go. Now go clean the <laughs> house. Go clean the house. Okay. I'm already yes. done my chores.
2: You get going. Yes. Do, do your Make us some burritos, journey. buddy.
4: Thank you for not force choking me this week. I appreciate oh, get
2: that. Him. Get him. Get him. Get him.
4: No, no, please, oh, do please, please,
1: no, 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 please, no, no. <laughs>
0: You have failed me for the last time, Mike. <laughs> oh, you should have sw-
1: hey, Alex. Oh, he's who's gone. Gone. Who's I was gonna gone. Next time, swing him around a bit like Yoda did. Or not Yoda? I mean, like like Grogu did. Yeah, so I'm right, doing it too, Todd. Yeah. No worries. I, I know, baby. But
2: well, that, that, my friends, is a wrap on segment one. The Mandalorian review, yeah, uh, and on that side, Mikey, tell us where everyone can find you. Well, I, I had a whole well, plan for you to introduce Todd. Well, you know, here's, a, with a voiceover and everything, oh, and then no. then I got stuck in a text. So why don't you reintroduce him now with voiceover? Well, here we go. Well,
4: how about how about we do this? So in in honor of Todd being here, I dug in to my 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 Todd tribute so as, oh, wow. as so here we've got the uh, from the last time I saw Todd <laughs> Ashley oh, Hamilton nice. Wow uh, this one this one we're going we're going old school because my wife Carolyn was a huge AOE fan oh wow. me too, man. and look at and and i brought this out i dug this out of the old cd case to get a confirmation
1: is wow. that the todd
0: k that is submission? yeah there you yes. go buddy wow yes. it's like that's yes. a compact disc for anybody
1: who's
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> this was apparently signed in london at uh, i think it was the knack uh, at that point, possibly, like the the call the office. Maybe call the office. office. Oh, call the office. office. Oh, yes. the, Just was, closed yeah, the knack or the the not the ride out. There was something else. Anyway. Okay, yeah, but, yeah. So yeah. anyway, she uh, and and Todd actually follows her on Twitter. Even he. Wow, there you yeah, go. So there you go. Uh, right and it. and of course the Tuke. So, two, This is. is the vintage Quebec toque. Oh, so Quebec uh, Nordiques. I would uh, have. I would have. I would have tried to dig out like uh, you know some mines for the minefield reference, but wow. <laughs> you know that's
0: but a anyway, lot of references uh,
4: yeah a lot of them so uh yeah it was very cool Easter and eggs, uh, loving loving the uh the new music so
0: thank you I'm, brother thank you
4: i'm going to stick around and and watch the rest of this uh, episode so you guys uh talk your music yeah we'll do this again next week and hopefully todd you'll come back because uh this is nice having an, an extra nerd on the show i'm always in <laughs> so i'm hours, always in man Awesome. I didn't get to
0: mention that Giancarlo is also in The Boys, so I mean he's. You know, oh, that's so how much. It, yeah, that it just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. he, just went. he just won. He just won. It now
2: uh, I always like to ask Mike the question because he always has a great answer. Where can we find you, buddy?
4: Yeah, I'm all over the place. Yeah, although <laughs> I, I, I had a buddy, I had a buddy uh, who uh, admitted to me that uh, he heard me the other day because he was watching Hallmark movies on W Network. So nice. Uh, Did
2: I hear you want a Bowdog commercial? Yes, you did. Yes. Todd, I think, Todd, you, there was a, wasn't was there a connection there? Wasn't the one of the bands, wasn't something signed, or was that Doug that was with Bodog, with Biff? And, Back in the day, yeah. when I was
0: hanging around with Biff and all that crowd, we were all involved with Bodog. Yeah. yeah. So
2: there we go. The, the, the six degrees of. Uh, of it's, uh, all not, it's all connected. Yeah. It's very incestuous. All right. It's yep. so incestuous. All right, <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> Till next week, yeah. we'll do this again. Cheers, Mike. Awesome. Dude. See you, buddy, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Now, uh, Lonnie, on the ones and twos, we're going to take a break for everyone watching at home for about three minutes, which I think cool. is. We That's got another special good. guest joining us for the Todd uh, Kern's birthday celebration oh, uh, yeah. today. Then we're going to get into some Van Halen. We're going to get into probably some Kiss. I want oh, to definitely talk Kiss. I want to definitely talk Todd. It's your birthday. You got a whole bunch of stuff to do, so we'll we'll do this pretty fast. But we want I want to get into a few things, and then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about ninety uh, like breaking a band in the nineties versus what it's looking like now. So. I can't hear Lonnie on there. Is Lonnie ready to go? Lonnie, are we, are yep, we good ready to go? go? All right, we're going to stand by time, a and I'm just going to give you a little preview of who's joining us. Uh, he's coming right. in He's coming in right now for a little chat. Normally found on Tuesdays. Shit. Normally, normally, ah. found, go. normally found on Tuesdays, but uh, we're going to bring uh, another Toque member in. Uh, Uh, Canadian member for some birthday Celebration chats Uh, I see and then uh, but we're going to take a little Break right now and we're going to come back And we'll come back there so Everybody think. All right. All right. I, I so, got some Canadian coffee going now, so mm-hmm. I'm good. We can speak about that another time, Todd. <laughs> I mean, I don't know sure what you're putting into your body there, but I uh, know you're, you, you're, you're such a
0: coffee snob.
2: I honestly, I can say that
0: this is a Canadian coffee cup. It doesn't mean the right. coffee inside of it is.
2: That's what do you got there. You got a Canadian, you got a coffee cup. That's
3: kind of rad too. There we go. There, there you, you go. go. Beautiful. beautiful. So, so, uh, Brent and I, Brent Donnelly and I already did a little recognizance discussion this morning about our coffee. So he already knows that, uh, um, well, did you have a pour over, Brent?
2: I had a pour over today. We generally said each other pour over videos just to, you know.
3: Yeah. So Get I was going. doing, uh, from Vancouver. Coffee porn. It's coffee porn. <laughs> I got kicking horse. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sure yeah.
0: They're Alberta, aren't they? I think they're Alberta. You which see is the one? Coffee. Which is the one coffee that a guy should get that's just gonna like, you know, just spring you out of like bed, like you just get your day kick started.
2: What's 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 the one? Well, one? If the children are watching at home. Cover your ears. <laughs> cover cover your ears because there's one in Amsterdam called uh, Wake the Fuck Up. Really? And there's another one called Strong Fucking Coffee. And so there's a few of those. Uh, and they and they yeah, literally have that effect. Jeremy Gersey makes a pretty deadly one, uh, that he used for corn and some of those guys. It's a pretty, it's a pretty deadly coffee as well.
3: Have so. you ever had a, a, the deadly grounds coffee from Oshawa there? I have, hey, that's pretty good I have coffee. the shirt. Oh, right on. Okay. I haven't, like? the, I haven't had, um, so what I'm a fan of is what, what it's all about because it's hilarious house of Frightenstein and all these great yeah. things that we grew up on, but it's a coffee wow. shop, right?
1: Yep. So, yeah, the friends of mine, actually. Yeah. Oh
3: my and it's God, out of
1: Oshawa? we're going to have to get you some coffee, Brad. I think it's Hamilton, right? No, where is it? Is it? Uh, there's an Oshawa. There's. uh okay. They're 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 based out of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Remember, I was in Port Perry. There. I'm yeah. in Kingston now, Brent. I don't know if you knew that I moved.
3: This is the pride of Hamilton, right here, Tim. I know. I know. I thought maybe they were in oh, Hamilton, Oshawa. but okay. So now you're in the home of the tragically hip. Yes, I am, my friend. Glorious Sons.
1: My daughter's working for them. Right. She's
3: That's working right. For them all weekend doing merch. Great right. band. Um, so cool Todd and I On our next trip To any any As close as we can get To that place We are going to that Coffee shop Todd Because they, yeah. like, they have I Great merch I can hook you guys up For sure guys. man Totally awesome now,
1: listen, I know those guys
2: I know two Happens on Tuesdays uh, And you guys Are probably limiting your, uh, your your seeing each other In person vibe But we're bringing you on To talk some rock And a bunch of different <laughs> things Here we wanted to We're like You probably were together Last night We were We were No <laughs>
3: yeah, uh, yes. I love it. We that's love actual, that. That's like, like a 90s it look, throwback.
1: It looks like the old Mega ones, though, right? Like from way back. Oh, in really I don't really know where
3: right. I got this, I but because back. I'm such a dork, as we all are, collecting can't have one, gotta have two. Uh, <laughs> welcome to, to my world, man. You're supposed to keep one in the box. That's I don't think it came in the box, text. but because I'm our best box. buds and it was his birthday yesterday, I will hand deliver him one of these. What? Oh, that's awesome. Those are Here, great. Hang on. I'm going to nerd out. Keep talking. Those are great. Look, I got a box of <laughs> there's a box of nice. stuff. I was just going through some things going, oh yeah, I have to um, figure out what <laughs> oh, Wow, look oh, at that. Uh,
1: ooh. The, the Batmobile.
3: It's what? the
0: actual Michael Keaton. I bought this back when the movie came out. Man, Listen, I still got it, no, Todd. I want right. you, Todd. I want you to do that again in slow motion. Again. <laughs> Can you play the Danny Elfman music? That's was, all we need uh, in post.
2: There we go. <laughs> oh <that's a> killer. <laughs> oh wow, my God! Man. People, you, people, see tune in the Tube Talk, and they're like, "No, how did you write uh, the, How did you write this song? How did you uh, tell, tell? us how you, uh, how you broke down the, the pre-chorus and all the rest of it on uh, the last. That's what's coming with the guest who chat coming up, but not on this show. This show, we're playing with we're playing with toys. Toys, and exactly. We're to, playing with toys and uh, grown men playing with yeah. toys. Chicks, chicks love that, don't they? Right. Am I right? So, uh, anyways, Chris and I fired this up a couple weeks ago. Oh, look at this! Oh, look at shit. That. oh my that. Oh my gosh! I've got that. Adam not No, we are bringing toys. God damn it! Wow, that Why is cool. Really cool. Well, Chris, Chris, you got to jump in here. You got a shit ton of stuff. Wow, oh, I do,
1: but like, I got stuff behind glass and whatever. But I'm more interested in what what you guys are into, pop culture wise. Uh, Brent and Todd, like, like. So, do you guys have a favorite comic book? You guys I've always first?
0: been, I, ever since I was a kid, I've all about Batman, yeah. but that's sort of, a, it's such an easy thing to kind of act with, other than the fact that there was multiple titles, and when you were into it, it was a very costly uh, thing. But, you know, yeah. I think that, you know, I've been through multiple phases. X-Men was a big one when I was a kid. Oh, boy. In, in fact, most of the, um, it's weird for me because I, I've gone through phases of like, of like being really DC and then really Marvel and then mm-hmm. and then all the other you know, other stuff that goes in from Dark Horse, tell points in between, and 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 a lot of the McFarlane stuff. Like I followed Image him down. Products. Yeah, I followed I followed Image for years. So he's
1: a rad dude as well, Todd. He's just like it's, you know, like where's my plaque to, to Marvel? Right? They're like, well, change the webs, do this. Todd's like, no, no. Like my dad got a plaque. He worked at a factory. Where's my plaque?
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, he is Canadian. We have to give. He him that. is, yeah. dude. Yeah. 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 God love him. But, so, yeah, so, you know,
1: Batman, were- so what was? Do you remember, Todd, what was your first comic book or your first superhero? Was it Batman?
0: Uh, it, Batman it would have been Batman, but I mean I remember back when comic books were you know, I guess they were probably like 25 cents
1: when we were little kids yeah, They're five bucks, remember. dude, they're five bucks now
0: I know, it was nuts because we would buy like the big dollar ones, remember they make the, the really yes, huge ones Yes, I got ones? those, yeah, yeah, totally Yeah and, uh, you know, I was obsessed with all that stuff. I've, I've been obsessed with it my whole life. Like oh, still oh, now sure. I watch all the CW stuff. I watch all the movies. I watch every, yeah. and, and, and there's varying degrees of quality. We all know this. And people right. will send, they'll be like, well, you like this, right? I go, just cause I like the genre doesn't mean I like every single film or every single, you know, genre piece that comes out. Cause I'm, I, I I am a massive sci-fi guy. I'm a massive comic book guy. Obviously, music horror. I love good horror. Like mm-hmm. guys like Slash. Slash will just sit through anything horror related. Really, know? that's interesting. And, and, we'll, and we'll sit there and I'll go. He'll you know, be like that was kind of like like it's kind of he's not really so much into gore. He just likes. Horror, you know what I mean, and I'm like, I like good horror. I also like good sci-fi and good comics and good stuff. So I can be fairly mm. discerning about that kind of stuff when the quality's not that great. But yeah, it's like that. There's an R2D2 over here. There's Batman over there. There's you know, Boba Fett. Uh, I probably should show you. Well, I'll show you later. But it's a Boba yeah. Fett. Uh, Boba Fett. Uh, I've shown it on there. It's a. It's a oh. skateboard. And since I wow. don't skate, since I don't skateboard, it's just hanging there, kind of like. <laughs> But that's, you know, I I am such a – that's the best thing about all this is it's like it keeps you young. They never stop making awesome stuff. Like it's just kind of like there's – I'll be an old man, and there will be like new sci-fi and new comic book and new music and new stuff to to still just keep me young. Mm. I I can't wait. That's
2: That's what was the – that's what was the Winnipeg comic scene like
0: (laughs) for comic books. Oh, good. I I remember a bunch of stores in Winnipeg we used to go to.
3: Well, anyone – from winnipeg remembers we had a place called comic world and it was down on portage avenue it's gone now but the culture was that all the kids from the the, this, the burbs used to you know convene downtown on the weekends and we would go comic book shopping head shop for you know t-shirts mm-hmm. and you know it was always like you went to that place uh, we had a couple good ones but it was always bootleg concert t-shirts that weren't weren't quite as good you know you buy your rat and they fall apart in a wild. few months yeah i remember yeah. that those- but um, that's what I did every weekend. I went to Comic World. It's the first place where we got to buy. Mm. I remember seeing, do you remember the Kiss mirror? I think it was oh, yes. the Destroyer mirror. And uh, yeah. I, think I, remember, was- I remember those at, at the, the, they always had those at the, the fairs, the big fairs. Yeah. You could do yeah. the mirrors with the guards, <laughs> totally. right? 100%. I think my friend Brad Bailey ended up buying it. But, um, you know, everybody loved Kiss. Everybody loved comics. Everybody loved Star Wars. I mean, we're all sort of similar age so all those things got the. Better.
2: I'm way younger than all of you guys. But, uh, <laughs> we having this
3: argument. Brent and I, I keep was... having this argument.
1: It's like, dude, you're so old. What are you doing?
2: I'm way younger. way older than me. <laughs> way younger. Way, way so, younger.
1: So, so Brent, who was your first hero that you that you grabbed a hold of, uh, superhero wise? Mine was Spider Man.
3: Yeah, mine was Spider Man too. But if if I could just um, compare, I think in mm-hmm. when we were kids, there was definitely Batman was big and Spider Man, kind of like. Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. <laughs> oh, wow, that's a great comparison. I love that. Wow. No, like, I loved both, but I kind of sided. I don't know why I picked. I just remember drawing a lot of Spider-Man in school. I was really into right. art, and I found yeah. some of drawings. But Spider-Man comics, for sure. But I also, of course, had Batman. A little bit of Superman. I mean, of course, we all watched those. Christopher Reeve, you know, yeah, those were a big movies. deal. Because yeah. there wasn't a, no. uh, other than the 60s Batman TV series, there wasn't a... Um, there wasn't like a, a show, other like a, a major movie, but the Supermans were yeah. awesome. But we all loved and Todd um, the the cartoon, the Spider Man cartoon that we like
1: obsessed with it. The I, music is some of the best uh, TV I have music that. there is. Uh, Todd, if you look on YouTube, they have the music.
2: I and watched it's like two hours it. of it. It's just know, the it's music.
0: Amazing, yeah. <laughs> it's the best.
1: Such a great vibe. Yeah, it, it was so so great.
0: to 60s, watch '60s, kind of that vibe. You know what I mean? I I, I think it's like Brent brings it up. It's like I was just obsessed with all of it. Star Trek, Star Wars. I just Battlestar Galactica. You know, any of it. I was just kind of like, you know, Six Million Dollar Man. When we were small kids, as you grew up, these kind of things, and they're all attached to our nostalgia bones now. So like Brent and I are out buying evil Knievel toys and oh. you know, whatever we can find. Oh,
2: all these, oh, yeah. all my these kids, things uh, that keep us nine years old forever. Yeah. My kids just watched um, uh, Toy Story 4 again this morning. So ah, I know sick. I know Fitzy, you got uh, uh, Captain. It was at um, I the, got a bunch uh, of Evil Canine. Evil Knie, uh, What's it? it? Room. No, uh, God yeah.
3: and I are we're neck and neck on all that. All that came out. We all bought the, <laughs> at the same time. The Keanu
0: Reeves. Yeah, it was Keanu okay. Reeves. The fact that he was like, first of all, he was kind of like Evil Knievel but he was a Canadian character. We were like, yeah. well, now I got to buy all this T-shirts, the whole thing. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: Keanu did the voice. Yeah,
2: the. um yeah, well, it's uh, it's funny because uh, it never ends. As you guys talked about, we we literally, literally like watch it. At a, you missed the Mandalorian chat, Brent. We I don't know if you've been watching the Mandalorian, but we did a, a bit of a review on it. We're all kind of caught up on it, and just just it's solving and and filling all these little holes. And uh, Todd said I'm it thin. best. Todd said it best too. They're they're doing things that we didn't ask them to. Like they're just doing little things, and it's like I love it when that happens. They're 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 showing us where the speeders are stored. <laughs> they show you show with the land speeders are so it's really cool that we still have an opportunity because the kids are getting spoiled with the you know with the, uh, the all the graphics and all the craziness like they just didn't come through superman like 3 well, they yeah, have, Like, you know, yeah.
1: anytime they want. Remember when you're younger, I would love to watch Star Wars an, uh, again, but no, you have to go to the theater to watch it again right now. They can get clips of it. They can get reviews yeah. of it. But
0: you know what I equate it to, which is, is is a weird thing, but it's a specific thing to a certain age group, is when I was a kid, you bought a record, you played the record, and you stared at a two-dimensional image on the cover of the album, <laughs> and that was, that. the fact that I you never really saw Kiss in any three-dimensional, uh, or, or the Beatles, or anybody, because... You know, maybe they were going to be on a TV show or something like that. So once in a while you would see it. Now, the fact that I can go, I don't know, like some new group comes out, I can go and find every concert they ever played and and watch them and all that kind of stuff. So it it kind of takes away some of the mystery. And I'm not one of those guys that's on my porch going, these kids these days, because I think it's, you know, that's really pointless. But I I think that that also has the same effect of all of these things. The only way to go and see uh, (laughs) it. There we go. Whoa.
3: i gotta just what i'm doing the visual while todd talks because he there has the same toy in his living room so oh, oh, mine's set up, let me yeah. see this when, mine's you set up, yeah. when you can't have an album that's three-dimensional and eventually when you're you know our age and you can have the toy.
0: oh man. my god i forgot how dope the box is man okay. I no, no, mine up. i think yours is set up but you can do like i set one. mine up yeah it, it's the actual stage from kiss alive too Brent got it for me for my birthday
2: a couple years ago yeah. yeah, but that's that's my point. Hey, is hey, T- like the- hey, hey, Todd, Brent's gonna yes. get it for Chris and I's birthday this year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say, do you guys remember when when Kiss meets the Phantom was on TV and yeah, it was I just changed. like this buildup, this buildup? Yeah, monumental. Oh my, and and then my parents watched it with me too, and like, well, you know, that wasn't half bad, Chris. And then they took me to see the <laughs> Dynasty tour, right? And oh, we all wow. had a great time. It was the last yes. Kiss tour
3: with Peter Chris in there. You know, the original the original tour because yeah. we didn't even do did- that. We didn't see Kiss and Make until you know, a reunion tour, but Todd and I saw the same show a day apart, uh, on animalize. So you went in 85. You yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. I saw the Animalize tour as well. What a, and I, 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 yeah, I was how always going to make good
3: gardens. How, okay. How old were you when you saw dynasty? I probably would have been seven or eight years old. Wow. Oh wow. You're lucky. Okay, yeah. Cause I didn't
1: get yeah. my parents took me dude. That well, I saw, sense. I saw the, uh, I got, I, I went. I started getting into music really young, right? Like when I was young, I loved Queen. I loved Kiss, um, and those are my two main bands. Like Freddie Mercury still is. Is like, and I got. I gotta to say, Todd, your song Enya. Wow, Freddie. Oh, thank Mercury you. vibes, you. like, like oh, chills. Thank you very much. Freddie Mercury chills. My one of my favorite songs by by your band. Thank anyway. You. I, I totally got off. What was I talking about? there Because I totally got off track. We well, were
2: talking about how much younger I am than all of you guys. Oh, right, <laughs> no, the Kiss tour, the
1: Kiss tour, and everything. Yeah. So, so they took me to see the Dynasty tour, right? And we, I, we were right on the aisle. I was in the, I, you know, I was in the aisle singing along to every damn song. I wow. came in on Love Gun, even when sure I was younger, yeah. man. Um, and then uh, my parents took me to see Alice Cooper the following oh, year. Oh, wow. And he didn't show up, and there was a riot in. Uh, at, this was at the CNE, and he didn't. The opening band played, and then he was sick. I guess. And I don't know if you guys remember this from Legend, but people tore the C&E apart, man. And like, we got oh out of there. No. And I'm, again, just a little Nargon. But I came away from going, rock and roll is so effing <laughs> cool. You know what I mean? Like It wasn't like, oh, my God. like We almost got killed. It was like, whoa, that was amazing. Maybe I can yeah. see Alice again another time. The mystique, and you, you brought up the comic book earlier there, right, Todd? Um, yeah. The mystique of Alice Cooper to me after that was just like, whoa. People wreck things if he doesn't show up. You know, it was, exactly. it was so
0: cool. I was just little. like you didn't you didn't get to see the concert, but you got to enjoy a riot. So.
1: I got to enjoy a riot, man. People were smoking. Like I'm sitting there with my parents, and my parents aren't rock rock and rollers, man. Like my dad's a car guy, and my mom's just like the mom from the Wonder Years, kind of right. You know what I mean? <laughs> we got people on either side smoking, great big dudes, and they're all. You know, jokingly trying to pass them to me, right? This little seven-year-old kid, and they're like, "Oh, oh your parents no. like Alice Cooper," and my parents are just like, "Oh, yeah, well, we'll we'll just sit through this for what for <laughs> great, great, great parents, right?" <laughs> yeah, that's it amazing. Amazing. so funny. so I walked away, from, and then that's just rock and roll, man. Like I'd love rock and rock
2: it, and then that band, like that band trend, that band, you know, like comic, but it it basically just keeps going. From generation to generation, as I said, he just keep reinventing himself. And the thing about it is, like, I brought um, this year uh, took my little guy Alex. um, He's already seen Kiss like three times, so or twice, anyways. But he, I was in London this year touring, and they were at the O2. And our friend uh, Chad Guy was running the show there, and uh, brought us in. And and um, you know, it was a really, really cool like moment to have that you know, with him, um, there. And you know, I've totally, I'm late to the game. Like not late to the game because I didn't, I didn't like you guys. I didn't see them in makeup until much later. I think it's because
0: you're so young, right? It's because you're so young.
2: I do believe, (laughs) I do believe. He was listening to ABBA back then. No, it, I haven't. No, was it was a, it. It would have been uh, who You're was a, that I was listening to back then? Anyways, my first record was Too Fast for Love. Anyway, so we'll go nice. from there. Oh, wow, yeah, that yeah. A good place to start. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, um, music, rock, gentlemen. Uh, both uh, Chris, and I had a band in the '90s. We opened up for a bunch of bands, uh, including Age, I believe, either in Peterborough or Osho. I can't remember which one it was. Really? Chris, we were, we were was,
1: always the best man. We were never like. <laughs> you know the guy. Gave, we were always the opening dudes, but it we was loved a lot it. of it was fun. So much fun, man!
2: And it's it, 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 we, it, we
1: it did the scene sh- with Time Mother Earth and like uh, you know. Mm -hmm. Rusty and uh, Killjoys, uh, Matthew Good, like we got to hit all the, you know, we 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 got to hit a lot. I remember uh, we were joking about this on the on the last podcast. Is that a Nickelback show came around when they very first came out and it was in Oshawa. We we tried so hard to get on that and like, wow, we can't give you that, but we'll give you Rusty. And it was like, okay, well, we'll take. And now, just it's so much. You look back at those shows, man. Like trying to get shows that way, like just like. Can we have this one, you know. We played this one with the Killjoys. Well, you guys are okay, but this is Nickelback, and it, it, it was, was just such
0: cool. an exciting time in Canada. You know, it's right? Like, I think people kind of, um, you know, they kind of. I don't know. We take it for granted because we lived through it, but it really was a very, very uh, hot time of a lot of. I remember talking about Edgefest like after the fact, and at that moment when I was saying Moist and Tea Party and I am Mother Earth. At, in yeah. that moment all of those bands had split up like everybody was gone you know what i mean right. and we're saying isn't it weird like all these like amazing 90s bands are just gone even the matthew good band had become matthew good like matt went solo yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff so it was really weird and then of course we've seen moist and the party's yeah. back Been back for a while sorry
1: todd a side note uh, jeff the bass player is my neighbor i'm like really good friends with him no I, te- way. I teach his kid but art moist, lessons yeah. That's right. Yeah. Please yeah, say so hi just, for me.
0: I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen any of the moist guys in a thousand years. Oh wow. They were, yeah. the, they were the coolest guys. I mean, they were like, when they first came out, they were like uh, the darlings of Vancouver. Same, oh, yeah. same for us, where they were like, they were getting all the, all the good stuff and we were kind of like hovering around going, I hope we can do some of that someday. You
1: know? Well, I'll pass it on to Jeff. I see him like, I, say like, say hi. I, I teach yeah. his son art lessons, right? Rad That's little dude, awesome. great family, great people.
2: My My hey, Todd, Todd and Brent question for you both on, um, coming through that time. So Todd, you know, rolling through with age, trying to break it, Brent. Um, what is, what was there a point there when you guys were going through, cause Brent, you were in a different path in the nineties. Yeah. You were playing, you're doing a lot of gigs for a lot of different bands and you're playing with Karabi. There was all this really cool stuff. So there's a difference between Todd breaking a band and then Brent, you're playing in bands or, you know, and filling in and also, you know, Part of a, you know, Karabi's first band out of Motley Crue. There's a drastic difference, but both bands had to try to make it.
1: So that's a really good point, actually. You guys kind of came from different spectrums of it. That's, but
2: but, but you also had bands in Winnipeg. So I'm going to go, let me start with Fitz for a second. Fitz, the, the, the scene in Winnipeg in the 90s, but like you trying to make it as an artist. Where was the moment for you where you're like, I, I'm going to do this for a living now because this happened or, or, or you know, this was the moment that hit for me. I think right now is the moment. Right <laughs> now. <he's> like, <laughs> on, <laughs> on this, <laughs> on this yeah. podcast right on, here. This, I'm going
3: to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Uh, I'm bidding on a Fonzie poster on eBay. <laughs> oh!
1: <laughs> we, had, we had a guitar player that brought a Fonzie record with him to every show. A record, yeah. a Fonzie record. Oh, and some, 41, some 41 stole it from us. Oh, my God. Yeah, we opened for them in Toronto at the Lee's Palace and somebody from some... I love place. Lee's
3: Palace. I yeah, oh, what a Lee great Palace. venue, right? <laughs> yeah. What's really Betsy, what do you think? all of us geeks, you know, if people are wondering like, oh, that guy's spending a lot of time on his phone. Yeah, it's probably because we're looking at something nerdy, like, a, yeah, you know...
1: Exactly. Cool purchases. Uh-huh.
3: Uh, it's the on is- with the actual removable cape. I have to buy <laughs> that one. <laughs> My, uh, that's uh, the true test of your personality is what it, what you see that you're saving on, uh, on eBay or your Amazon, a hundred percent. Love it. Okay. So you are asking, you know what, uh, uh, speaking of, because you love Brent Donnelly, um, well, Motley crew was your first record. You know, I got to see in 1987 on girls, 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 I had already seen Motley on, um, uh, this is, so this is leading up to my nineties answer, but I saw, So I saw the the Theater of Pain tour, Motley Crue. Mm -hmm. But I I saw saw the next year or two years later when they did Theater of um, uh, Girls, Girls, Girls. But I was working at a music store, a drum shop, and I'd already been teaching there for a while. And I was sort of a go-to, can-do, you know, ambitious, young 17-year-old. I started at 15. But that tour came through. Motley Crue came through Winnipeg. Well, they came through across Canada. But they filmed early morning before the, the, the Winnipeg show this little clip that was going to be um, like basically leading up to their, they were going to Japan next. So they filmed something in Winnipeg with a Japanese interviewer and they, they wanted to film it somewhere. So they filmed it in a strip club and they did this whole setup thing. It was seven in the morning and I don't know how, but the the drum store that I worked for got the call to bring a drum kit in and everyone I knew in high school that loved Motley Crue somehow showed up at this event. But of course they did. (laughs) It was was kind of a weird moment because um, so what happened was, I brought the drum kit to the taping at the strip club and you know, I'm 17. I got my, like my van that I brought it in because I was touring at the time and playing on weekends with my little cover band. So I had this van anyway, that moment turned into kind of a revelation because I got to see Motley Crue from three feet away, even though they were doing like a little clip thing for Japan, they weren't playing live. They were, you know, they blasted, I think it was wild side. They played too. You can see the clip on YouTube if you look up Motley Crue, Winnipeg, 87 or something at teasers, but if you can imagine, so I loved Neil Peart. I loved tons of drummers from, you know, that era. And then to see Tommy Lee, who was a huge influence, about three feet away from him in this club in in Winnipeg, that was sort of like my trajectory of like, okay, I'm doing this for a living. Even though I was already, Todd and I were like, we hadn't met each other yet, but Todd and I and our bands, our cover bands or whatever we were doing, were kind of alive and well, we were like, doing it even though we weren't sure that we were doing it for a living but you know we were busy guys as teenagers playing you know many nights a week I I remember playing at least always on the weekends so that's sort of paying your dues man good yeah it was cool man so that led into like after the the late 80s and cover bands in Winnipeg and then in the 90s so I met Todd when I was in a cover band uh Seventh Heaven and Electric was playing in Winnipeg I don't know if we met even in Winnipeg or in another city, but our bands were... I think were, it was
0: somewhere else, like probably uh, Edmonton or somewhere like that. I'm not quite sure, actually.
3: Yeah, so we were sort of on a similar circuit at the time, which was the, the club circuit. And the yeah. early 90s for me was those bands. But then in about 93, when I joined up with Kenny Shields from Streetheart, so that was a weird thing. Instead of doing my own band, I ended up joining an established band, a local you know, like my, basically my heroes, but, you know, Kenny and the guys were much older than I, and I was like the young protege joining that band. So my early nineties experience was like some cover bands and then joining Streetheart with, you know, Kenny Shields and Streetheart. And then when I moved to California in 96, it was a whole other thing because then the band I joined and you mentioned, um, John Karabi and that, that was sort of like a baby band, like starting over in a new, band that had something to prove even though there were some guys from because i was nobody i'm some guy from canada and john is from Motley crew and bruce Kulick from kiss and then even jamie hunting our, our bass player was from he'd been with eddie money and david lee roth so, wow. so when i moved to la i remember all the bands of course todd's band was you know that was probably the the, the todd maybe uh Remote control was big on MTV or much music in about 95,
0: 96. Um, Almost, no, before. that would have been ugly around that time. So mm. 97, 98 would have been
3: 97. Remote control. Okay. Well, here's, yeah. here's what's interesting is when I moved to LA, I was kind of working. Uh, for a guy on Sunset Boulevard at a music shop, a Canadian. And we actually had, we put TVs in the store. It was right across from Guitar Center. And we had much music pumped in from a satellite. Wow. So I just remember when I moved to LA, there was a lot of cool stuff happening. And Big Rec was really big around that time. Sure. And, you know, I was still seeing a lot of much music in all the bands from Canada, even though i had kind of moved at the end, you know, the Step scene in. was really starting to get good in around 90, you know, like 92... It was really like just the serious Canadian scene. And I remember seeing, you know, I, I, even though Todd and I weren't that close as friends, but I saw the trajectory from ugly. And, uh, I remember when, when we saw that, you know, just to know that somebody, a friend of mine had his own video, like it was kind of a big deal. I never made music videos, but age of electric made videos and they were great and they were cool. And actually the one video ugly that was filmed in Winnipeg, I think is still kind of monumental. Hey Todd, dude, One shot, right? That's one shot going through everything.
0: Pretty. Uh, There's a. There are two edits in it. Oh, was uh, there? But it is essentially shot as one, and even the edits are meant to be. Uh, Our friend Al. Who Alex Ponovic, who's now in like Snowpiercer, and then he's a he's an actor. Mm-hmm. He does really well. He's actually in the video, and there's a shot where he goes up to his hand. He kind of does one of these, and yeah, that's I one of that. the edits. Yeah.
4: Oh. And then there's okay. another one,
0: and then there's another one later on. So a lot of our friends in Winnipeg uh, at the time have all gone on to do great
2: things. Robin Black
0: oh, okay. uh, is now
2: an MMA yeah. announcer, and God, everyone. There were so many bands at that time. It was crazy. So when um, when you guys you already had ugly, but when remote control took off and then obviously it really, there was just a really such a vibrant scene mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so you guys were like, I mean, we were trying to get on every show we were, we were trying to get, but there was so many shows on the moon room and the eclipse in Oshawa, there was like Lee's palace, all these great venues across. Um, but you know, as far as when that hit, was there a feeling of like Oh, I'm gone. Look at me. Yeah. Oh, I'm back. And anything's so there, possible there, now. Yeah. Was there a feeling that, uh, that, yeah, this is going, like this is going to happen now?
0: Um, it's funny because I've told these stories a million times, but it, it, it is funny oh, how... then
2: you don't have to answer it. It's fine.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. No, I mean, I mean like, the, the interesting thing to me is how Age of Electric had just been kind of like since 89, had been playing little clubs and had the audacity to kind of like go, you know, these are clubs that are built on playing you know cover music top 40 and we were like had the audacity to slip in a song of ours and another song and eventually got to a point where we were just doing our own stuff and kind of like any of the covers we were doing were just things that we like that were fun to play it wasn't really being stuck on having to play whatever the top 40 hits were and um and every time there was a step up it was any sort of success was always met with a constant reminder of how you know this, you know, your, your ego was completely in check. So as things started to happen, I just, the other day, I, I remember somebody asked me if there was a moment where I remember, I remember being in Ontario somewhere, probably like Kingston or, or one of those towns and, and showing up at the sound check and there were kids waiting to talk to us. And I remember that was the first time where I remember thinking like, cause Ontario is such a different scene is Southern Ontario. That whole hang yeah. was more like um, because much music was there and all that kind of yeah. stuff. It seemed to be, to resonate in a lot different way like where age of electric probably seemed like this interesting import was coming as opposed to in the prairies where we were like already established you know for for better or worse we had uh, you know all of our bruises and all that kind of stuff where where they were aware of that as much as they were aware of our successes by the time you get to ontario you're like this band has a video on, on on tv and and they know you so some of that was, you know, I think some of that was, uh, but, but it doesn't, it, it, it's sort of one of those things where the Canadian music industry was so big at that point. And I just thought of this story when you were talking, cause I remember being at Much Music around remote control and, uh, David Bowie was there that day. So he was in town. I went to the show, oddly enough, around Earthling, um, and so him and Reeves Gabriel go in, the guitar player, and it was this weird moment of like, you know, we did our piece, and we're walking out, and we're standing there talking to somebody. Bowie comes in and he's like, you know, five feet away with a group of people around him, and you're like, whoa. And then I go out back of much music, and there's some kids there waiting, and I sign some autographs, which is always awesome. Well, thank you. We were still like in those days, we we're still like, You want my autograph? Okay, sure. And I remember signing an autograph, and Bowie comes out of the back, gets into a white van, and and then I remember him kind of looking over at us. It was like, I think it was me and maybe Ryan, our guitar player. And as he's driving by in the van, I could see him looking out as well, this kind of bemused, like, who the hell are these guys? Mm-hmm. Kind of look. And I, and I remember looking at the young girl I was signing. And I go, David Bowie just looked at me. She's like who? One hundred percent. She was like, "Oh, my mom listens to him." I think. Like she had no <laughs> idea who that was. Yeah, that would be like, David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was one of those moments where I, I thought to myself, "These." The cool thing about Canada was that these kids all loved Our Lady Peace and I Mother mm-hmm. Earth, and, and all, and that was their world. You know what I mean? And I, and I think that that's so exciting that we had that you know that was we, sort of
1: before, we do unite don't we like canadians like, I, I find that that we're very we're very tight i i, I love and that And before
0: the internet really sort of you know brought everything together it was still very separate like the canadian music scene i'm sure it's still very much like it has its own thing but back then it was very much its own
2: yeah you had to put your cd in a yellow in a yellow envelope and mail it to yourself. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly.
1: I i had a question for brent here So this is going to kind of go, this is going to predate the nineties. We're going to go to the eighties. When I was growing up, I had some of the best times in my life listening to, there was two CDs. We we used to go to this pit and we'd, we'd park our cars. We crank the tunes and the two CDs we listened to at this moment in my life was appetite for destruction and the cult electric. And we would just put them over and over again. So as, and being a drummer, like, you know, I I play in a band, the drummer gets to see everything, right? That's one thing I've always loved about the drummers. You're just kind of kicking back. Um, I, I believe the drummer from Aerosmith. He, he mentioned he's like a fueling station. Guys come back and you make the eye contact and you go back out. You get to see amazing things in in Slash's band. What what moment of your live set, if you have one, is like ah, like here it comes. This is this is my favorite part of the night. If you could pick one,
2: well, probably good night. Bow, go back. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm and I just need to clarify, you're asking the other Brent, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes, <laughs> Yeah, You're asking the real drummer on this. On so this when, thing, when you right. play
1: like your hour set with Slash Dude, what do you have like a 15 minute moment or a five minute moment or a moment where you're just like back to young Brent going, dude, this is what it's all about?
3: Well, just uh, for like, let's not forget, Chris, because as a drummer, you've yeah. done a lot of asses over the years. Right. (laughs) As great as it is, you think about the drummer position in a band, but like Mm -hmm. I've spent so much time looking at the back of so many of my friends and heroes that it's interesting that as uh, when I when I reflect over time, uh, I've I've mostly spent looking at Slash from behind. You know what I mean? Like his reflection Mm -hmm. and lights or Todd's or Vince Neal or Alice Cooper. Like it's a weird spot on stage, even though you're kind That's of in awesome. the driver's seat, but you, right? yeah, yeah. It, you You have this silhouette of a lot of people. Now people come in and yeah, like Joey Kramer said, they come back and recharge their batteries and, and, uh, and vibe off you, but you're kind of in your own zone back there. So I'm thinking about a lot of things. And, okay. and Todd and I have, we've spent so much time just Todd and I together playing a vamped, middle of rocket queen. Yeah. If we put the hours in together, how much Todd and I have backed slash on a solo section in that song. I mean, it is a pretty cool thing, but I mean, there's, there's always times when you kind of go, well, it's great to hear like the first time you played in front of a crowd that went crazy. And you heard the, the, when slash say, um, start sweet child of mine, you know, or when we used to, uh, we didn't do, um, uh, um, welcome to the jungle early on we didn't do it till maybe later maybe maybe a year or two in but you know when when the initial riff from that kind of like the little delay those are always cool things <laughs> i mean hey boys, I,
2: got, I gotta i gotta i gotta stop for one second oh todd's gotta jump to jump to something we got a little thing Brent, we'll, we'll come back to this and wrap up the whole the whole show with this in one sec chris got something for todd for his birthday wow. and then we'll send you on your way we got a little birthday present, and then todd's wow. gotta okay. todd's gotta go do his thing so,
1: okay so I, this is the original copy um Again, I'm a Kiss fan, right? So I drew a picture of you with the dark saber. What? And but it's got like that Kiss, uh, you know, celestial vibe to it. Totally. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the original of this, but I'm also gonna give you one a print that says, you know, thanks for being on Kids in the Escalator. And Uh, and and Brent, Mr. Fitz, I didn't know you were gonna be on here till last minute. I'm gonna do one up for you as well. That's Um, dope. It'll yeah, make a well, great,
2: just, it's gonna make a great Tuke comic book, ah, and I would absolutely. love to. Oh,
1: well, this is the thing that Banshee. I personally like. You get that mystique going. Like we were talking when you bought a Kiss album, man. You got a book. Maybe the one thing I'm missing. Oh, I right. got to point out is the tattoos from that album right there. The I got the Love Gun. I've got every. I'm dude. I'm missing the tattoos. The only thing I'm missing, right? But I,
2: I have, love that,
0: that. I have was, the Kiss Alive tattoos on my fridge. Oh like, my I got gosh! Them, the thing pinned to the fridge. Yeah,
2: we ran. Uh, really, we ran man, a like, little long today, but. Todd, my friend, okay. happy birthday. Happy Thanks birthday. for coming love on. Guys. Thanks, Thanks so for coming much, on. Chris. We'll do this again. Woo! Uh, Fitzy, stand on for a minute, and we'll finish this up, and we'll get out of here. Todd. Thanks, guys. Happy Big birthday. Love. We'll talk Thank to you in a while, man. Bye-bye. Come on, brother. Cheers, buddy.
1: And, and then, Brent, I'm going to hook you. I, Deadly Grounds, I know they're listening right now. I know that one of the guys from Deadly Grounds is listening, and we got to get Brent some coffee. They're going to send you some coffee.
2: All the coffee. Brent, back to your story. One second, we'll finish up with that and then we'll let you get on your way.
3: Yeah, finish up the Slash story, buddy. Well, I think I was just saying that, you know, there's been some great moments, you know, hearing like those signature uh, riffs when Slash starts it and you see the crowd reaction. I mean, obviously my first time doing it with uh, that person who wrote the song and, you know, you've heard the album on your own a million times and then you actually hear the person who wrote the song play, you know, like. Those moments with Alice Cooper, when you hear his voice in your in-ear your monitors, you know, singing, you know, I love the dead or something is, is pretty awesome. And Vince Neil, when we used to do, I mean, our, our whole Vince Neil set was greatest hits. So, you know, Man. all those great songs. So none of that just yeah. uh, gets past me. I'm a kid from Winnipeg. Come
1: on. I know. Right, buddy. So, so what is your favorite Guns N' Roses song to play live? I used to like my Michelle.
3: I just saw Ooh, a yeah, real a nasty groove. And we would try okay. to really slash was always very careful about how we placed the, the, you know, cause he starts it right. That mood at the mm-hmm. beginning, yeah. it's a little free form rhythmically. And then yeah. when you come in, it's gotta be sort of like at the spot already. So, I, but I've over the years figured out a lot of where the tempo should be. So slash and I have okay. a very good understanding between us of where the, Cause it's really about the, the feel it's, you know, a lot of, instead of above the waist, the below the waist feel tempo wise. So I was like my Michelle.
1: Nice. Right on. Yeah. That's a great song. Great. song. And and my, we my favorite, years,
3: to... but we, you know, we stopped playing a lot of gun songs. We played mostly. Oh the, the, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I fly- saw
2: it in Australia and it was, uh, it was, the, there was only uh, night train. That's the only thing that you guys played. Oh, and I think you played, oh, wow. I, th- I think you, you played night train, which I think you always play still. Right. And then, um, yeah. But you used to, um, then there was the big solo part. So anyways, there's a lot, there, there was, but there was a lot. I, I was
1: just, I was just jonesing yeah. on that old nineties vibe and stepping like a little before it kind of thing. Right. Just going in the past there with that. But yeah. I yeah, bought new
3: appetite in London or Germany. I went on a, a Europe trip with my high school band. So we graduated mm-hmm. June 88 that summer. We went to Europe and played like, I don't know, four or five different uh, countries, but that was a great year to go and, and go to Europe. And cause I hadn't been there yet to Europe and I bought all this vinyl. So I bought appetite for destruction with the original album cover, the artwork, you know, with the, the, the band album, I bought a Remember. bunch of kiss stuff with the different S in Germany. Oh I yeah, Alive. yeah. I bought uh, the best of the solo records. Remember that album, which could oh, be considered dude, a yes. leg with the four faces on it, but with the different S's yeah. and, um, Yeah, I came home with like a dozen records because I got to go to Tower Records in London and then a bunch of record stores all over Germany. And wow. So, yeah. And, you know, I hadn't. So and I think I saw guns that summer or around then twice because they had just started to come through Canada opening for bands. So they opened for the cult Mm -hmm. on. Not the electric tour, but. Uh, you know, like 87. I, I saw
1: that. No, they, they came to Toronto. Or was it? No, I sure. saw Guns Roses open for Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Remember, uh, Mike, Iron we, we, Maiden.
2: Have a, we have a buddy of ours named Mike Bryan who was, the, he was at that show yep, with Iron Maiden. I and, too. and he told, yeah, and he said, he told this story about uh, being at the show and the guy next to him was watching Guns going, ah, these guys will never make it.
3: <laughs> I, I would actually agree back then. So I saw yeah. Guns open for the cult. And then I think six months later, a year then they, yes, I saw the Iron Maiden tour. Not that I didn't think they were special, but they were—they really were messy in a special mm. way. And at the time, um, I mean, the cult were really, really powerful around them. That electric record. And then when Sonic yeah. Temple came out, like they were electric was great. It was so great. Um, you know what? Les Warner, who played drums on electric, is a dear friend of Todd's and I. And he lives here in Vegas and we're good friends. Wow. With him. We play gigs together. So we have a lot of respect for him. Um, that's awesome anyway but the um yeah the guns N' roses thing seeing it twice before they were the biggest band in the world was was pretty awesome and then of course seeing motley Crue many times seeing alice cooper in winnipeg seeing Kiss, and i can kind of say now that and aerosmith um i played in a band with one of or you know some form of those somebody from those bands most of those bands wow that's a great point huh Holy crap. You get old and you do it long enough and
1: <laughs> you milestones, my friend. That's a So is, is there somebody out there that you haven't jammed with yet? That's still alive that, that you would love to jam with Be like bucket list jam guy. Who, who would you love to, to back up there, my friend?
3: Oh, I mean, Beatles are always on everyone's list. You know, if you don't to Paul McCartney, of course. Yeah. That'd
1: that's cool. That's cool. Just because
3: I know but, the catalog and the music and you know, just to, that would be something where, you know, you're standing beside Paul and he's, you know, those wow. are all of a sudden you're yeah. you know, shuffling it'd be so cool. But um, Have you ever jammed with Ace Freely? Yes. Yes, I have a and couple I- times. Uh, wow. And and was a few different I think he came up and played with us with Vince Neal once way back. And then I did a um like a cat house event in LA in mm-hmm. mid well, I was about it was early on. Was I playing with Slash? Yeah. And I think I did a super group thing with Sebastian Bach and Gilby Clark and and Ace and all of us. Dude. And then Ah, I even did a cool thing when I was playing with Gene Simmons about two or three years ago, where Ace hadn't Mm -hmm. hooked up with Gene in a while. And we did a really cool, it was actually a charity event out in Minneapolis and Cheap Trick played and a lot of Minneapolis bands, but Ace had not played with Gene in a while and came up and played with. I remember that. And I remember that. Oh, you know know what? John, Trump Lonnie, br- that day Lonnie
1: brought that up, and she's like, "Oh my God, look, there's Brent." No, dude, sorry. I totally. F-. Lonnie brought that up last week, and was like, yeah. "Oh my God, look, there's there's Brent. Fits there." It was like, oh. "There's like there was a couple <laughs> things you we were look- looking at, and you were in there, and it was like, damn, damn." And I believe it was the Gene Simmons gig. That was one of them. That was amazing. If thing. you
2: look at if you look at the internet long enough, you'll see this Awesome. Almost, You're uh, everything, the, he's going to he's going to show up on uh, a sitcom next. So we'll see because <laughs> he's just, he gets hired all the It's awesome. And he's got some killer people. And the key thing with Brent here in this scenario is that he connects the dots better than anybody I know. So it's awesome. He always like everyone, you know, when someone goes to a town and they go, or you go to Canada, Oh, do you know Steve? Yeah. Or do you know Brent Fitz? Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things where almost every single rock tour I'm on somebody, and I, and got I, I need to, we great. need to mention yeah.
1: all the stuff he's done for my school back when it was a huge school. I, I've, I've shrunk in my school a bit, Brent, now because I'm doing the comic book uh, company as well. So I've, I've, I'm just I'm actually auditioning students. So we're groovy. But Kingston kids are are really cool. But yeah, Brent used to help out and donate so much time to my my kids. He jammed. Uh, and we should probably post this after. It was Good Times, Bad Times by Led Zeppelin yeah. uh, with myself and a bunch of my students, man. It was great. It's great. He, and, and anytime he's ever been there, he's given everybody's. You, you were the, fav, the favorite guy that came to my school, Brent. Let's just say that. How's that?
3: Well, um, guys, you're small town. I'm small town. So we're always going to relate differently. And I think that, yeah. you know, the who you know and how we get and, and connect dots is because we do come from. And, and usually the smaller the city, the more communal it is. And you get to know everybody mm-hmm. and you're, you're, I'm from the big city in comparison to Port Perry, right. In yeah. a way, you know, Winnipeg is, is again, not a big city in comparison to like Vancouver and Toronto, but mm-hmm. um, that's about what the dot connecting works in my favor is I think, and your guys too, is when you're from a smaller place, you appreciate and you kind of mm-hmm. gravitate to the bigger places instead of, you know, and we always have our small city near and dear in our hearts. But when you're from LA or you're from Vancouver, it's different when you move to the small city, right? So yeah. I think a lot of that dot connecting is because we learn uh, a lot of things coming from a smaller place. And we, here you are. Here you are. A I have the
1: kids, man, you yeah. did. And they still talk about it to this day, even though I've shrunken my school down and all that. It's, it's legendary what we did back at my old school, man. And you were a huge part of it. And I, did, I do uh, want to thank you and cheers you for it, Brent. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, guys.
2: Well, I mean, now, I'm a where can everybody find you online, Fitzy? Where can everybody find you online? Because you're everywhere. Like, do you want to? You got a list?
3: Oh yeah. Well, I'm just you know Instagram. I'm just Brent Fitz on
2: Instagram. I'm Brent Fitz on on Twitter. I'm Brent Fitz on Facebook. So um, just
3: Google Brent
1: Fitz and
2: you're there. Yeah. And you're still helping. Uh, you're still doing the small town helping. You know, guys like us. With the pod, just launching the pod, and having a lot of fun, man. So yeah, appreciate man. Super,
1: you. I was, I was really stoked to hear you were coming on the show. Yeah, appreciate you it's crashing. It's good crashing
2: to the, see you again, Todd's uh, birthday party. This is. We wanted to get into uh, a bunch of different '90s stories, man, which is awesome. What so. did I miss? Definitely. Before? Did you guys <laughs> talk about Kiss? Mandalorian. No, no, no. We didn't. We went right into it with you, buddy. I, I talked right
1: to Todd it. privately before we went online about, like, you know, the the holy grail that he had there—the pinball machine. We we talked Kiss a lot before we went online. Yeah
2: which is it's going to be in the hidden tapes.
3: Yeah. (laughs) It's a shared love music, coffee, you know, it's, uh, and we love giving back. We love, we love inspiring young kids. So hopefully there was some young, young people listening to us today. So that's important too. You got to keep rock and roll alive, right? You know what I mean?
1: Like as as I, as I, I, my biggest request, still in the school for guitar lessons, anything, is ACDC. And the kids are stoked that ACDC has a new album out. And that gives me faith, man. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that because, you, you, you know, as much as people say, rock and roll will always be there. No, it won't. You, you got you to gotta promote it. You got to teach it to the younglings.
3: Well, it's always been on the fringe. You know, it's been like, uh, that's why it's cool. Because mm-hmm. even, even though our parents loved whatever their rock and roll was and their parents hated it. So, you know, if it was Elvis and then the Beatles and that, and ours oh, was... Man. The, the, the bands that loved the Beatles and Elvis, which was kiss and cheap trick and all those bands that came after and all the kids. Now, I just know both your guys, kids, I don't have kids. So I live vicariously through yours, but that's I know okay. your kids that's are great. inspired by cool music because of you guys. So that's mm. awesome. True that my friend.
2: So thanks Fitzy. All right, guys. Yeah, buddy. Good to see you. Well, again, really God. appreciate it, man. Great and uh, we'll, uh, we'll have you back on uh, down the road when we uh, dive into Definitely. Some, gonna, we still haven't even touched on Van Halen yet, but that's for another day. We got lots, it's a whole lots, lots to do. Coffee chats coming, Mr. Vince. We have more geeky toys ready for you as well, and comic books. Yeah. I love it. I think the next time we'll get you guys on. We'll do the toy show off. That's a whole. That's a great
3: that. idea. I like yeah. that. Are we doing that next week?
2: <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> we're down doing with it, that. We're doing it in an hour. <laughs> we got time. There's a lot of time. There are. Right <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Okay. Cheers, guys. Appreciate you, it. Good weekend. to see Thanks, you, Brad. man.
3: All right. Peace and love, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Same to you. Well, Chris Machete,
2: that was a uh, that was an that was, episode,
1: man. That was a great episode, and man, do I ever have to go to the bathroom?
2: I know. So, anyways, for everyone watching at home, thank you. That was Todd Kern's happy birthday from us.
1: Yeah, happy birthday, Todd. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Brent. Really good to see Brent again. Like he's been such a big part of my yeah. school and making it what it was and helping kids. And uh, we got
2: we got some things. Our producer Lonnie is is doing is is really really like wanting us to push on some stuff. So number one, so uh, hey we. YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, all the things. We're everywhere Just on this. Google stuff. us, man. You'll Google find us. get on there, but subscribe to everything. It makes it easier for us to go yep. live. Twitch especially. Lots of fun stuff coming on Twitch. Thanks yep. to Dean Bundell again for hosting us uh, on thanks, his Twitter, Dean. Twitter platform. Everyone that watched today, thank you very much. Todd Kearns again. Happy birthday. Brent Fitz, thanks for coming in, giving us some insight. Mikey P., Thanks for the Happy handbag. birthday.
1: And Deadly Grounds. Chris Bella. Deadly Grounds. Get Brent some coffee, my friend. Absolutely. Mike oh. Pongratz. He thanks, thinks buddy. Hamilton. You guys are in Oshawa.
2: Thanks, Mike. I love coffee. Send me some coffee, too. Hey, Bye, everybody. We'll see you Bye. next week. Bye.